0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Holland Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bull. Thanks very much for listening. This week, I'm joined again by an old friend from South Wales, um, DP World Tour Coach, Matthew Tipper. Matthew has worked under world-class coaches such as David Ledbetter and now also James Seekman. Um, and Matthew shares his high-quality insights from the world of professional golf. Uh, Matthew has also tasted great success this year as one of his players, Adrian Maronk um, has actually won the Irish Open on the DP World Tour so um, yeah I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Hey, buddy. hey Matthew how are you mate?
1: How are you doing? You all right?
0: Good good to see you again buddy.
1: And you mate how's things down uh, in New Zealand there?
0: Yeah it's pretty good you know we're tucked away on the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all good bad and um, yeah. <clears throat> there was i think since the last time i saw you we had a few more in and out of a couple of lockdowns and um you know a bit of that but maybe probably not as bad as the rest of the world um you know we were a little bit sheltered
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely cool yeah it's just been crazy isn't it really crazy couple of years like
1: it has it's, it's kind of flown by as well so that's kind of been a bit weird as well um i thought it would have gone much slower than i thought it did but um all of a sudden we're at 2023.
0: Yeah, almost. just just like when it was on lockdown and stuff, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, like you say, it's sort of two years on. I mean, I think it's two years since I spoke to you last time, and it doesn't feel very that long ago.
1: Yeah, I think it was just the beginning of the first lockdown, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: As, as you're right, it doesn't seem that long ago, so...
0: You had a lot of travel plans, Then you, would come down to Australia and different places? Yeah,
1: we did that. I was down there in um, Melbourne, was it four months ago now, so... Um, that was good. A bit of a disaster, the first leg, because um, I arrived to uh, the Gold Coast and had all those floods.
0: Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Crazy
1: everything weather. We had planned, everything we had planned for the Gold Coast was basically washed out. The golf courses were underwater. It was like, it was ridiculous. Um, and then we did a great trip down in Melbourne where um, I presented to the Australian PGA and then I did some. Did a, a week basically at Royal Melbourne Golf Club, which was like, as you all know, down that part of the world, it's unbelievable place, and what a golf course! It's like Royal Royal Dornigh was at the top of my list, um, <laughs> but it was quickly replaced with Royal Melbourne, the West Course. Uh, once I played it, it, it was like it's an absolutely phenomenal golf course, and what a place! It's like uh, the members are amazing, staff are amazing. And I could play that course every day, no problem.
0: Yeah, that whole area is uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? There's there's tons of good courses over there.
1: Yeah, you're spot for choice just in that little corner there, where you know you got what well, you got Royal Melbourne two courses, Sandringham across the road, um, Victoria Golf Club across the road. So many amazing. Um, you got Yarra Yara, You got. Um, <laughs> Loads. Too many to even talk about. The weather's um, normally
0: actually really, really good as well, isn't it? But I think you just you were a bit unlucky, but it does they do get a bit of rain there sometimes. When it rains, it really rains.
1: Yeah, it's cold in the winter. Um so it's kind of a similar climate to I suppose UK you could kind of argue in the winter time. Um but um normally it's 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 pretty good. Cool mornings, beautiful afternoons. Yeah. Um so it's uh if you ever need someone to go and play, just go down to Melbourne, go and play, um go and play down on the old uh Australian links in Melbourne and be spot for choice. You'll play a different course probably every every day and not be disappointed.
0: That's no, definitely on my um my next golf travel list. Which is yeah, slowly coming you're, back you're, to life. Like,
1: <laughs> you're close enough.
0: It's kinda of weird because like when you you've been stuck on lockdowns and that and then it's 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 hard to almost get out of it and you know you're like you're still trying to you know you still i'm still trying to re- rebuild the, the plan from two years ago <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah oh and kingston heath as well as down there mm. uh, so you it's for a for a trip definitely have melbourne any golfer you need to have melbourne on their bucket list because it's phenomenal
0: it's also just it's a sports or sort of capital isn't it yeah with like tennis golf um, other other sports as well, and they've had um yeah. was it the Commonwealth Games I think they had there, or...
1: yeah they have uh, yeah Commonwealth Games was there. I was lucky enough I was in town at the same day as um, Anzac Day and I went uh, oh, I lucky yeah. enough to get I was lucky enough to get taken to the Aussie Rules game at the MCG. Um, I had ninety eight thousand people and wow
0: that's insane man.
1: You know I I I know that you are passionate Welshman and we love. I still call it Cardiff Arms Park. It'll always yeah, be Cardiff Arms Park. Park. <laughs> um, pretty much, um, yeah. But 98,000 people in the MCG <sighs> on Anzac was pretty special. I've got to be honest. It was like an amazing occasion. and um, It was a great game as well. Um, but just, uh, you know, they do the minute silence at the beginning of the game and everyone's having a great time. Then all of a sudden on a heartbeat, 98,000 people just go silent. And it's, it's one of them moments Mm. where, you know, we live in the age of the mobile phone and I left my phone in my pocket and I just enjoyed the moment. And it was like, this is something truly special. I'm, I'm always, always be grateful to the guys, um, Daniel and Benny, uh, from, uh, from Royal Melbourne who gave me the opportunity to go and, um, Something I'll remember for the rest of my life, for sure. Oh,
0: well, that's incredible, man. So, um, I mean, were you teaching um, just amateurs and members and stuff, or was it just a whole array of people?
1: Yeah, we did. I did a, I did a presentation of the Australian PJ on yep. behalf of Jane. Amazing. Yep. And then we just did amateur schools then. So we were full every single day, morning and afternoon. Um, absolutely amazing time. Uh, all the members really took to it. Um the coaches at Royal Melbourne were amazing in assisting and helping and um we had a really great time and uh um it was a really special week. I was like incredibly grateful for, for being having the ability to be able to go and do that and um always um be very grateful to the team for everything they did for me for that week. It was phenomenal. It was a very, very much a dream come true.
0: They definitely in, invest in their talent there, don't they? Like, they've always got a pipeline of really good sports people and, and like, the golfers, you see, like, guys like Cam Smith and, obviously, on the Open. And then, I mean, just um, tons of really good players coming through, isn't it? Um, and they always um train them up and put them through, like, their paces and stuff. And, and they, they support them, don't they, like, once?
1: Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to um be at the um, Australian... Um, golf Association's headquarters are sounding and they've mm. got a lovely building I mean it's like it's it's everything you expect that Australian sports teams have they like you know you go into this amazing building and they've you name it it's in there and um, <laughs> it's phenomenal and it's uh, what a wonderful building you know um I think what well, they got they got two teaching bays amazing gym. Psychology stuff, but uh, Zen putting green, um, wow. you name it, they got it.
0: It's you name like a it, dream golfer's dream,
1: yeah, it is. And it's like you know, it's everything that you know, which is what am- what is so amazing about Australian sport. You know, they say if we're going to do it, we'll do it properly. Um, and um, it's absolutely no, no reason, you know, it's no fluke. They've got everything in place, amazing coaches um they bring people in who they feel can help and benefit yep i think is amazing and the facilities they have at sandringham are absolutely world-class which i know if if me and you when we were kids back in the day having those type of facilities we parents would have been literally dragging us off the practice ground it would have been uh it, it, it's that good it's amazing
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think we had a couple. There was a couple of teas, you know, to line up on and stuff, and <laughs> a few putting drills, <laughs> playing for yeah. a, playing for a, a coke or something. That was uh, playing for
1: playing for our dinner money. Dinner money,
0: basically. <laughs> yeah, but they've they've always it's always been like that, hasn't it? They've always been ahead of it, like really invested heavily in their sports, and and they've obviously seen their results. Haven't they? You know, they've had loads of successful
1: teams, yeah, and they're yeah. really good at
0: the Olympics and all that.
1: It's no fluke. I know that.
0: So that was awesome, man. Great, great trip down there. So I know you've had a few other things going on. Like, was it? Did you go to the Olympics?
1: We did. Yeah. Um, never, never thought that would happen in my lifetime. That's pretty incredible, it.
0: isn't it? As a golf coach, you know, to go to some, something mm-hmm. like that. It's like the pinnacle of uh, sports, really, and athletics and all that.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing experience, you know, to, to go to the Olympics. It was a bit surreal because obviously there's no crowds. Time. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the country of japan they organized it phenomenally well i mean if we, god forbid we ever go through something like this again um but if we do and there's an olympics just give it to japan <laughs> it's like just give it to japan they'll they'll be fine this is my really um, like clockwork it, did it oh it was like you would hardly ever know there was a pandemic on wow um the village was amazing um so you're in the athletes' village, and so you know, stay there, do you
0: as, as a coach. You're yeah. you're part of the whole setup, yeah.
1: Yeah, we stayed in the Olympic village. So, you know, you're standing there in line. I had this one one situation. I'm standing in line to get some food, <laughs> and with Novak Djokovic. Wow! I was like, you're Novak Djokovic.
0: Basically, they're all just like, legends and stars, aren't they? Just yeah, passing
1: around, yeah. You know, and the Brownlee brothers were there. And, oh yeah, triathlon. You just see everyone walking around, and you go, "Oh my god!" And anything you wanted—food, the, the the drink shop, you know, the coffee shops on that were open twenty-four hours a day. So I took a few visits to there when we first got there because of jet lag. So was like it. Like, it was like free coffee, you know, free food, whenever you wanted it. It was great to be um, sharing with the other athletes uh, and things like that. So I was lucky enough to be in the same kind of apartment as Igor Shvetak. Uh, the Polish tennis player, who's like number one in the world at the moment, um, with her coaches. So it was nice to sit down with them and talk about, you know, what you do and how, you know, maybe I can learn something from you guys. Um, And they were very generous with their time and stuff like that, which was kind of cool. But yeah, just being, the golf course was amazing. I mean, like this course has been shut by. I think something like four months before the event. Wow. So it's like you could go to sleep on the fairways. They were that nice. <laughs> and it was almost, you almost felt like embarrassed to take a divot because it was yeah, so, Perfect. it was like in pristine condition, like across the road there was Royal Tokyo, which is like the most expensive golf course in Japan. It's silly money to be a member, but the golf course is amazing. We were treated so well. Um, and of course being in Olympics, um, it was very tight, Security in terms of COVID, so you know we had to test every single day, yeah, without fail.
0: Was that on PCR then back then? Not that was before um, rapid, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was the full hit every single day. Um, And then uh, we, you know, the girls and the and the the guys were all at the same venue, so you know you are looking at people like you know Hideki Matsuyama, who was Masters champion at the time. Um, Morikawa was there, and then all of a sudden, Nelly Korda would go past. And it's like, and it's like, is it, like she, this wa- is she won it, didn't?
0: I think she won it, didn't she?
1: Did yeah, she did. And like you know, it was just amazing to be able to be on the because the girls were allowed. Their their tournament started uh, the day after the boy, the guys finished. Yeah. So the second, I think it was on the Sunday or the Saturday, the girls were allowed to start practicing yeah. and things like that. So you know, to be able to stand on the range and watch people like Nelly Corder and then uh, watch. Coron Markawa and Adria and all things of like that, and go, yeah, this is pretty good. And there's like literally no one around, so I could just go <laughs> down, swings and go boom, and it was fantastic.
0: It's kind of like a major, is it? But maybe with just a mm. little, little bit less less people than that. But there's some of the real stars there, weren't
1: there? Oh, it was it was proper. It was like, um, you know, excluding not having Tiger there or something like that. You know, mm. Rory was there. Um Shane Lowry was there. Um, well who's the American team? It was Morikawa Zan,
0: Shoffley. Xander won it, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he won it, didn't he? So um, you know, Leishman and mm. Cam Smith. It was it was amazing, like, you know, and you know, the girls section it was both caught no Nelly was playing, was it? Um and then you had um Jin Yu Ko from South Korea, number one in the world. You know, and it's just amazing to watch all of them together on the range just hitting balls, and it was fantastic. Really, really amazing, special experience, definitely.
0: So, I mean, as much as it was a, an amazing event for you guys to be playing in and be part of that, it sounds like you le- you just learned a lot as well, just from all the athletes around you, you know, and all the environments you were in.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, you've got to, you've got to take these opportunities mm-hmm. to take a little bit from everyone's sport, you know. It's, everybody can teach you something. Yeah. Um, and if, if you just take one thing from everybody, then that's a really, really great learning environment and a great learning opportunity. And that's what I tried to do. And I think, you know, I took a lot from it. You know, I'm very blessed. I was being, you know, young kid from Porthcawl. never thought I'd go to the Olympics. You know, it's really? like it's um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: So, yeah it's one of those once in a lifetime experiences isn't it where yeah and you you've just got awesome. to take the opportunity and make the most of it
1: yeah it was it was it was absolutely fabulous um like i said it was so well run it was unbelievable like you know if like i said if anybody could pull it off the Japanese nation definitely. Could do
0: it well. No, I was. I mean, no I was only watching on TV, and it it looked pretty. much, It looked every bit as good as you said. It looked phenomenal, and it obviously was really yeah. well run. And...
1: Yeah, we were lucky enough; we were allowed to go to the stadium for yep. one night, and we actually picked the best night to go. It was the men's one hundred meter final. Oh wow! It was the 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 high jump men's final. So the Italian guy and the guy Qatar mm. drew. So that was amazing. We were right at that end. And then the lady from Cuba, I think, broke the lady's triple jump world yeah. record. That was next to us as well. Wow.
0: <laughs> so, so you saw a so few t- things happen.
1: It was a day to, to go where they were let, let you go. It was like, oh, that was the day. And, you know, to see the men's 100-meter final was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. That's normally the highlight, really, isn't it? It normally comes, that's at the end sort of thing. and Yeah. Wow.
1: So I was really really great so it was a really and then we came back um, i was actually on team gb flight coming back from japan yep. um and um that was a really cool trip it was like we weren't like there was no alcohol at all in the village at all you weren't there was no alcohol you couldn't do a thing um so we basically we didn't have a drink for like two weeks which is fine it's good for the body but uh coming back let's say that the plane was <laughs> it was a little lighter as it landed um yeah. in in Heathrow um and we were all together with all the athletes and um you know Adam Petey was on the plane and showing his gold medal around and all things oh, like wow. that and it, <laughs> you know and it was like it was really really cool to be with all the other athletes and all the other coaches and um and we had a few drinks coming back on that 13 hour flight back and um
0: Got to know a few a few GBI a GBI athletes a bit better.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It was actually, you know, it's just it was just nice. And they're all looking at me going, because you um, part of the rules when you fly is you have to go back to your home country in the team colours your you so that you're representing.
0: You were in your Polish Poland as bit.
1: we're all Polish stuff, <laughs> uh, which is great stuff. And they're all looking at me going, like the whole team the whole thing. <laughs> the whole team and they're going, what are you doing on this plane? I said, Oh, I'm actually from Wales. Um <laughs> coaching coaching the the Polish golfer. So I'm I'm heading back to London. And they go, All right. Have a beer.
0: <laughs> so why why did they make you wear wear your kit then? Is that for like the cameras or is there
1: Yeah, it's part of the it's part of the rules. Mm. So once you get to your home port. Um and you leave, you can take it all off and things mm. like that. But it's it's part of the Olympic rules, which we didn't oh, wow. know. Like we had to we had to travel, like so when we left Warsaw to Tokyo, we had to wear our official kit. Yep. Um i coming mean, home, you also have to wear your official kit. So which is actually kind of cool. I was actually very proud to wear it. It was a amazing moment for Adrian and for Poland and for Polish golf. So um I was proud to wear it. It was great. so,
0: so how does that compare? So before you said, you know, when you were coaching Adrian and then he was the first Polish player to play on the European tour, you know, what what's the kind of new highlight now and now you've played in the British Open and stuff with Adrian and, and Yeah, also... it was
1: like you know, I was I was I've been reflecting over the last mm. well, you know, last week I had COVID, so I was like laid out for like a week. So it gave me some time to reflect on, you know, you know, we've been working together for twelve years now. Wow, twelve years. Uh, And it's like, I always knew that he could win on the European Tour. And I know he can win on the PGA Tour as well. It's absolutely, it's not in doubt. Um, And to watch all the effort by everybody who's been involved um, over the last 12 years from his, you know, from ETS University, the Polish Golf Union, his parents, all the fitness people that have been involved, friends and my boss, James and things like that Um, to watch him actually get across that line in the end. Was that, I was expecting it to be like, Oh my God, this is crazy. This is amazing. And it was kind of like, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, We've done it. (laughs) Yeah. What's next? It was all, it was almost like, okay, what's next? Um, And it was, Kind of like all of those things coming together and very much having that infinite mindset of yep. um, like like my mentor James Seekman says, right, tomorrow we begin again. What are we doing tomorrow? The same thing we did today. And what are we doing tomorrow? That day after that, the same thing we did the day before that. Because it's that consistency of message is what allows you then to get to, to get to that position where you have that ability to cross the line and you know, he's finished, he's been in the top 10 six times this year. He's eighth on the Order of Med. It's been coming, it's been coming, it's coming. But you never know when you're going to win. It's just a case of it'll happen when it happens. Um, and, you know, he's been knocking on the door for a long time now. Um, and it just happens. That it's the I it was the Irish Open, which is a pretty biggie. It's mm. a big one, all the great. All the greats have won the Irish Open and it's just really a, people say, you know, what's the difference? And I go, I can't tell you what the difference is. I don't know. Uh, but it was a case of just keep doing the same things over and over and over again and eventually the bounce will go your way and the putt will drop instead of lipping out and it's your day and uh, and that's it. It's, it's a culmination of a lot of Of doing the right things over and over and over again you know just like all blacks rugby yeah why are the all blacks so good it's because they do the same thing over and over and over and over again
0: well they were they they just (laughs) they're gonna be back to the drawing board but yeah that's that's why they dominated for Uh, decades (laughs) and now everyone's catching up
1: everyone's caught them up now i think no, that's yeah, exactly, awesome, man. Yeah. Like
0: you say, he was. He, you're right. He was so, so. I. I was sort of following the scores and watching it, and I was like, "Oh, he's so close every week." And he was leading a few times into the final round, wasn't he? Was it the Belfry? Like, how how do you yeah, you know Belfry, come back after those that, little close encounters yeah. and disappointments?
1: It's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we are. You know, at the end of every close encounter, we ask ourselves, "Did we do everything we possibly?" Could? Yep. And the answer to that is yeah we did you know it's sometimes you know the the thing that players don't understand and I think I've seen this more and more on tour you're going to you're going to play your best golf as a tournament golfer roughly between 8 and 10 times a year that's the average that's what the average is okay so the problem is you've got 122 Other male or female professionals, well, depending on which game you're playing, who might also be playing their A game the same week you're playing your A game. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, so a lot of it is luck. How how do you control your environment? How do you control your emotions? Are you able to do that? Are you able to stay in the present moment and come home? Now he is. He Adrian's worked very, very hard on his mental game, his breathing and things like that. And he's pretty much... He's never thrown it away coming down the stretch where he's always, like, played well, he's finished strong. And at the end of the day, somebody else has just played better. Yeah. And you have to hold your hands up and go, okay, that's it. Um, But as long as we can all look at each other... At the on a Sunday afternoon or when we debrief on a Monday and go, we actually did everything we possibly could there. Someone just happened to do a little bit more. Then there's nothing more that you can say. You just, okay, tomorrow we begin again. Then let's go again. And, you know, consistency is what you're looking for. He's had six top tens this year. Um, he's eighth in the order of merit, uh, you know, and he's 62nd in the world you know, he's moving in the right direction.
0: I tell you, I mean, that, that finish of the Irish Open, that was just spectacular though, wasn't it? He didn't really uh, put a foot wrong and just gave it a chance and all the putts were rolled in. and.
1: So birdie, birdie, eagle finish is... Um, <laughs> it's
0: pretty clutch, past- isn't
1: it? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, under the gun, there's not a lot yeah. you can say about that. It's, it's pretty much, yeah, just whatever you just did, do it again.
0: He didn't look very surprised when he went. He looked sort of like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to just keep winning now, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's the message that we've always tried to... I think that's why it was almost like there was the initial euphoria of, yes, mm. we've won. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and all things like that. And then it was like, like you like you've already said, okay, let's... What's next?
0: Let's keep going.
1: Yeah, you know, we keep going and... Um, I was actually driving up the road to the Scottish Open when he actually crossed the line. So there was that. And I there was that initial period where I was excited and I missed the turn off. So I had to go in 30 <laughs> so not not a 30
0: minute
1: detour. And then, um, but it, yeah, it's, you know, tomorrow we begin again. And that's, you know, we had the Scottish Open and then the Open Championship to two big weeks, which we wanted to concentrate on just to finish off that period. Um, bit of a hangover at the Scottish Open, to be honest, in terms of <laughs> the, weather, the, weather, um, the weather was, was it was nice, but it was blowing a game. it was a five club yeah. wind, um, and it was just like, you know, it was just a bit too soon after really the last event and the Open Championship, you know, he got off to a shocker, six over through ten, and then nine, this at, like- at the Open, at the Open, Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, 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 you're off to a back, a rocky you started, but then he really dug in and started making a lot of birdies in that, didn't he? and not he, recovered really yeah, well. He was,
1: yeah, he was 6 over through 10, and then finished the tournament 3-under. Wow. Um,
0: so he's he, bought, pulled 9-back.
1: He he's pulled 9-back. You know, he had to shoot 4-under on the second day, and he did, which was amazing to make the cut. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, obviously, to play 9-holes with Tiger Woods in practice was... Yeah, I, yeah, I saw those week.
0: photos, man. That's he said, like, oh, it's just a casual practice round with, you know, the Go Tiger. Yeah, that's so incredible. That, um, that,
1: was, that was really special to walk around, you know, nine holes with Tiger, and um, he was very generous with his time and and speaking with Adrian, which was good. Um, and it's it's those moments where you just let him get on with it. He's just like, you know, it's you know i met tiger loads of times um met him at rob of course obviously when we had the walk oh
0: yeah yeah
1: you know that was that was when before t- before he
0: was the big the big sort of t- cat then when it? it was little yeah. cat well younger cat
1: <laughs> yeah it was like two days before he made his hello world speech you know he what? was
0: really really friendly back then when they like you know he was hadn't been you know overcome by all the pressures of being you know the best in the world and what
1: Yeah, so you know, and I met him like again in Dubai when he was in 2000, um, when he was proper striping it. Um, yeah, that was the the
0: pinnacle then, wasn't it? Really,
1: yeah, Yeah, and I I got to spend time with him there and watching it balls, and that was Mm -hmm. pretty impressive. So, you know, know, for Adrian, that was a tremendous you know, people pay a hundred million dollars to pay flipping nine dollars with him, (laughs) and and he's got got it for nothing. So, um, so that was really cool. We all, all had a you know, Adrian had a nice photograph on the smoke mm. burn and then we nice photographed on the 18th green together. I just you know, thought you were best
0: mates like... with him, Tepe. <laughs> well,
1: you know, I, I don't band his phone number around too much.
0: <laughs> no, you know, it was good, like, man. Yeah. I, I saw the photos. I thought, oh, that's incredible. Well, because, I mean, obviously being at the Open is incredible. Being in the 150th Open is unbelievable. And then just being there and meeting Tiger Woods or playing with Tiger Woods, that's like next level, isn't it? It's
1: it was, awesome. it was like, it was a complete fluke as well. There's, you know, we didn't, book oh, right. or anything. it was like, we turned up on the 10th yeah. tee because we were nine holes and he was just standing there and, you know, Adrian goes, oh, hey, looking like, for someone hey, to play, play with. It. Yeah. it's like, it like, excuse me, sir. Paid your green fee. Yeah. It was like, and, um, Who, who are you? He, I'm
0: Adrian. Oh, hi, I'm Tiger.
1: Yeah. Excuse me. Do you realize you've taken our tea time spot? <laughs> Yeah. and like
0: um, it's kind of uh, adjunct to let him play play with him
1: yeah i said come on okay you can come along with us then okay no problem um but he was he was incredibly generous with his time with him and speaking a lot and you know you could see how meticulous he was about his preparation and how he go about his business and things like that and uh it was um it was an amazing experience now i'm going forget i know that
0: yeah the open itself like it I mean, it looked it looked awesome, you know, being the hundred fiftieth, and like the course was good. It's so it looked like it was playing a bit short, just with the way the wind was and it being so dry and. Oh, a it, lot was, of I mean, it,
1: it was like a road. The fairways yep. were like a road. I mean, it was like even I even, even I could be long on those fairways, mate. Even I could be you long. Could get up on eighteen. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably need all the help. Um, but uh, it was running super fast. I mean, it was like. Adrian, Adrian hit, uh, we put this new three iron in the bag. Yeah. I mean, like, he was hitting it, like, 280. Wow. In the run. You know, it was just running and running and running and running. And, like, it was just, like, it was fast. It was bumpy. The greens were rock hard. Mm. Um, and, basically, the greens and the surrounds, apart from the different colors, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two so it was just like putter from everywhere around the green and yeah. really had it um it was proper links proper links and they brought out a few new tee, um new, few new pin positions to make life a little bit harder um and they really tucked them away on some days so um that's why the scoring didn't really go that deep on the first two days but they really really went after it on the on the weekend
0: yeah you've been there to the Dunhill Cup you? you You, guys have played there before haven't you I think
1: yeah this is the thing is that we, we'd only ever played it in the Dunhill Cup or the yeah. St Andrews Link the amateur event Um, so we'd actually never played it in July mm. we'd only ever played either March or um October which is like course plays completely different totally different to the <laughs> it's not running and it's like you know and you know, some of the some of the holes, like, you know, you had to, it was classic links, you had to land it yeah eighty yards running up, you know, when it was downwind and it's absolute classic links and you know, St Andrews is really bobbly. It's like there's lots of little subtle runoffs and yeah. things of like that. Um, they can really and if they put the pins in certain <laughs> positions, um and you get in the wrong spot, you can't go with the flag. It's like pretty much impossible because there's nowhere to land and you end up running off into one of those lovely little bunkers. Um, So um they really protected it for a bit. And then they kind of started to like open it up a little bit on the weekend when the wind started to blow a little bit and it had a little bit more natural defense.
0: Yeah. The scoring was incredible, wasn't it? Like what, what did you think about um, Cam Smith and his final round and how good that was? I knew,
1: like, what did he win with 20?
0: Uh 20, Yeah. 20. I mean? of, so he shot, I think he shot uh, 64-8 under the last round and he.
1: Yeah, it was definitely on. We also on, at the yeah. beginning of the week we said at the, we said we said at the beginning of the week if it doesn't blow twenty is the number.
0: I think if everyone said, said that with... before the week, didn't they? Because of the dryness yeah. and that and the run.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like twenty is the number. Like so, if you look at it, um, two they were getting close, three they were getting close, okay. um, four, five, six, was six is a par five, and um, that was a f- weird. It's either 5 or 6 of the par 5. We hit driver 9-9 nine, 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 in the practice round. You know, it's par wow. 5. Um, you know, Bryson drove the 7th. eight's the par 3. 9 was drivable. 10 was drivable. 12 was drivable. Um, thirteen, fourteen is the par 5. That was a driver flick. 15, they were getting close. 16, they were getting close. And 18, they were knocking it on all week. You know, so as long as you were striking it all right off the tee, it was gettable. Absolutely, it was gettable. Um, and, you know, Cam Smith is a deserved champion. He's been playing well for a long mm. period of time. Um, you know, he's the player's champion. And every time he tees it up, he, you've got to put him up there. And what he did on the back nine... You know, people say Rory lost it. I, I disagree with that. I think Cam Smith just went out and won it. Mm. Yeah, Rory could have played a bit better, I suppose. But, you know, Cam Smith played exceptional golf coming home and you have to take your hat off to him. It was a case of, you just played really well, mate. Well done.
0: Oh, very well, didn't he? His, his, his putting is, is just so impressive, isn't it? Like, And also the way he yeah. thought his way around. Because, like, on 17, he hit that putter. And I thought, oh, what's he doing there? Oh, he's just giving himself a chance because he knows he's deadly from, you know, close range and then he two putts and then be the last. Yeah, trust, trust
1: your putter.
0: Especially um, so yeah. when it's been. So do you think like St. Andrews going forward, I know they're hitting it on, all hitting on 18 now and it used to be just the long hitters like the John Tateys and that and Rory's hitting it up there. Um, You know, do you think that it will still be like relevant you know in the future with the way the game's kind of going with length and stuff?
1: Yeah, I do, to be honest. It's yeah. like, you know, it, like nobody shot 30 under par or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and if the wind blows, that course becomes yeah. a beast. Mm. Uh, it's the same with all Lynx golf courses. It's like, uh, you know, Carnoustie is probably the hardest of them all. Um, so it doesn't matter whether, it, but, you know, in the final round, when Molinari won there, people were shooting seven under, six under, but the wind blows, and all of a sudden, you're doing well to break 75. Um. So, what are they going to do? It's like, are they going to roll the ball back? I doubt it because it's simply just been too much money invested in it It's now.
0: embedded in it now. I think you know everyone's. Right. Like,
1: you know, but I think my idea, you know, my idea is, you know, the way I said, just make golf courses tougher in terms mm. of don't make, them narrower, but grow some rough, mm. make the oh, make the fairways narrower and make the greens make the surrounds a little bit more tougher and a bit thicker. Yeah. And
0: yeah.
1: I know people I know people say, well, that's just gonna play into the longer hitters bag because they're just gonna hit it longer anyway. Down there, it's like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But I still rather have a seven in my hand out of the fairway than a wedge out of thick, thick rough trying to go mm-hmm. over a water hazard. Um so it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. Um, and will it change? I'll be I'll be surprised if it changes significantly, I've got to be honest. Um, I just think there's too much money being invested. I think yeah, that'd be
0: tough. No, I think you're right. I, th- I mean, I think if they made it more difficult, that would be a good start because some of them are pretty easy. Some of the, you know, they actually want the tournament might want to see players going for that par four and one because it's sort of exciting. But you know, they haven't grown the right, they haven't let the rough grow and all that. And there's there is a lot they could do, I think. Cause like it's kind like of like with the majors, isn't it? Like the US Open, they make that real tough.
1: Yeah, they want, you know, the USGA want level par to win that tournament. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you see it often with the, you know, the US Open at Shinnecock Hills when they had it, you know, it got, it became a farce in the end because the Greens were Too basically fast. dead. They were dead, you know, and it just became a farce. Um, so I think there's got to be a sensible route of doing it. Um, you know, personally, I don't, I don't have a problem with going 15 to 20 under par no. to win
0: well that's the thing is the open actually was a really good open wasn't it and uh i know it was, it was a low score play. but um no one could say there wasn't great golf played and it wasn't enjoyable and it wasn't a brilliant you know tournament
1: yeah yeah. You, know, you look at it when nick Faldo won his open in 1990 he was
0: 18 under par oh wow yeah he didn't you
1: know so oh, you're talking persimmon headed a lot <laughs> of golf
0: Short and he was eight,
1: you know he was 18 under par so it's like We've come all the way forward to 2022 and 19 under par wins. So <laughs> what's the issue here? I really don't get it. It's like, okay, if somebody went around in 40 under par because they're knocking on every green, okay, then there's an issue. But Faldo won it. Oosthausen won it. Faldo he, shot... He in
0: was well he? Yeah.
1: Daly shot 16, I think. Um, Zach Johnson, that was a bit tougher that year, I think he was like 14, mm-hmm. Usthausen was like 17, so they've all been roughly around the same scores as the one at St Andrews, so it's like nothing's really happening, if the wind blows, it's a hard golf course.
0: Well the course hasn't changed that much, is it? I know they've they've tried to make it a bit tougher, but they can't, longer, they can't but...
1: make it longer because it's right on the limits mm. but you know, we played the 11th with Tiger in the practice round um, back in 1990 Faldo hit no wind in the third round, I think he hit maybe an eight iron, like a foot and Adrian and Tiger were choking down on four irons in the practice round so it's like there you go, as soon as the wind blows, it's a completely different animal oh,
0: totally yeah, well 17, they still struggled on the road hole didn't they, there were some interesting uh, scores down there and a few people, I think I saw unfortunately Ernie missed it by, by one and uh, yeah he missed it right
1: um, yeah, they had, they a had tough four hole. new, they had four new, completely new pins on 17 that week. So normally they have one down on the front, two at yep. the front, two at the back. That week, all four were all four pins were level with the middle of the road mm-hmm. hole bunker, and further to the left. So basically, you couldn't get at them. Um, it's pretty much impossible. And you know, we you probably saw the open. A lot of people were just playing long left and yep. chipping back up because um, that was basically the only play um, that you could actually try and do it. Um, so, yeah, there's it was, it was a couple of new pins there, which was great. But again, the old lady, as it's known, um, <laughs> he, um, she put up a good defence for tour. later. Um, and as always in the Open Championship, the best player comes out on top.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just uh, anyone random. It was all the kind of form people right in there, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was... Uh... Absolutely fabulous to watch. You know, I left on the Friday. There's nothing more for me to do. So um got to watch the last round at home on TV, which was nice. But, yeah, it was a great week. And uh, obviously, we all thoroughly enjoyed it. And for the debut to be the 150th of St. Andrews, I think you can't ask for more than that, to be honest.
0: So he, so Adrian had, he had quite a decent finish, though, like considering he got a rough start and then he made the cut. And then, so it was a pretty strong performance, really, for this first opening. Yeah, I think
1: he was 38th, I think, yeah. somewhere else. Uh, which was great. Um, so that was some vital points really as well to get, obviously, the, you know, you got, you got like 500 points or 600 points for that, which was, which is good. Um, solidified himself in the top 10 on the order of merit. Um, so as long as he, you know, he's got three weeks off now and then we got a big run of five events. Um, he'll probably play four of the five. Yeah. Um, before we start getting into the end of the season, then, and and then the race to Dubai final in Dubai in November.
0: So is that the next goal, really? Just get get as high on the list as possible, and then give yourself a chance on those last few events.
1: Yeah, I think obviously the the next two now. I'm not pre-guessing anything, but I think you know if you, if we can stay inside the top thirty of the Order of Merit, that guarantees things like the Open next year. Yep. I think it's the PGA and things like that, um, which is cool. Um, and then obviously to try and break into the top 50 in the world yep. then, because then if you can do that, that's going to get us the Masters uh, at the end of the year and things like that, so yep. um, it's, uh, we're coming, there's five big weeks on the road now, start, he might play the Czech, uh, I'm not sure and then we've got Wentworth um, France, Italy and Cransters. So yeah I think that'll be the four that he played which are all big events and then Couple to finish off, and then he's going to go South Africa probably for the Sun City, and then yep. obviously the DP World. Um, but if he can if he can break into the top fifty in the world and stay there until Christmas, then that's the US Open, the Masters. That's all four majors, all WGCs. It's yep. everything. I think I'm pretty sure. So it's um, head down and keep, yeah. keep going.
0: So you're just focusing on what you're doing. You're not worried about all the other stuff that's always going on in the world of golf isn't it like people coming and going and oh,
1: no, hearing about it I'm you know i'm I'm very much I sit at the back I don't really do much kind of social media stuff I do a little bit but nothing nothing crazy it's like I like to do my thing um and just get out and, and go and then let them get on with it. it um you know people people are saying to me why haven't you stayed at the open and it's like well I've done my bit like, you know, some, you know, generally at a tour event, I will leave on a Wednesday or a Thursday um, because you end up actually being more of a distraction. And, you know, I, I don't hold players' hands. You know, it's, I'm not going to stand there and like be there just watching you hit balls because you need me there to watch you hit balls. It's like I ask players to take responsibility for their action and, you know, I always remind them. I say, "Well, if you're in the middle of the 14th fairway and it's all going pear-shaped, you can't exactly call me on and say, hey, what's going on here?'" Yeah. Wave you, you over,
0: it, for a little bit of help. Yeah,
1: you've got to be able, to, be able to sort it out. So, yep. um, it's so you know, I'm I'm not a hand holder. Mm. Uh, I never will hold a. Hand the player has to take responsibility, which um, is quite tough to get them to do. Um, there's a lot of players who do like their hands held, um, but I just don't think that serves them very well. Um, and again, I if if you're a player who wants their hand held, uh, probably me and you are not going to be a good fit because I'm just not going to do it. So, um, so I like just to stay out of the way. I do my job, yeah, and then I get out of there, and I and I. Um, let them get on with it. And that's why I make them responsibility for knowing the technique um, that they have. It's why I include the caddy in everything that we do, because if there is somebody who can look and see something, then yep. the caddy is the other person. So um, I think that's important. It's very much a philosophy I believe in. Uh, it's very much a philosophy that I've done with Adrian since day one. I've made him responsible. Um, and that's what allows us to, um, for me to go on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning, even at a major.
0: Mm. That's interesting, man. Um, so like, what what was the reception like back in Poland? Then they must have been absolutely um, ecstatic there when when he won the Irish Open.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's obviously a great. It was a fantastic day for his family. Yeah. Um, and Polish golf and things mm. like that. So, uh, I'm not there, but uh, I know that everyone was very excited, and people saw what was possible. You yep. know, it's. You know, ten years ago when I first arrived to Poland, I started working with Adrian. It was like, oh, may maybe we'll get somebody on the Challenge Tour. You know, full time. You know, and that, and I'm thinking, you know, no, anything's possible as long as you get the right circumstances and the right people together, and everybody's moving in the right direction. Then anything is possible. And I think that's what he showed. Is like, you know, when I first met him, when I first started seeing him hitting balls when he was like 16. It was like damn this kid is good you know and it's like you know we've we've been lucky enough to grow up watching alex smith play and reese davis play yeah yeah
0: Uh, you know you know they're a really good player don't you you know they can they can compete yeah
1: you know that they're they're proper gravy and it was like yeah okay this kid's got it okay how do we speed the process up but not screw him up? You know, and that that was the big thing is right, okay, how because the one thing they didn't have was competition. There was like three or four of them in the country and they were just competing about themselves, but yeah. in the winter time under snow, it's minus twenty-two. <sighs> you know, and we're practicing indoors. So, you know, we managed to call in a few favors. Um Alex spoke to Reese um and we managed to get a connection with these Tennessee State oh, University. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he went there, and I knew that that would be the right thing for him to go because he was gonna one get an education, two learn English, three. Reese Pew was there at the time as European amateur champion. Yeah, he
0: was. A, he was a great player, wasn't he? What kind yeah. of player? Uh,
1: and he was gonna go into a program where he's playing against amazing players week in week out. So, for instance, you know he played against Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Jordan yeah. Spieth, or. Wow. Oh, in college and all the he's played against all these guys and it was really a case of you need to go there to have that competitive edge every single day and you leave a single swim um and he absolutely thrived in that environment you know and um his college career was exceptional where you know he finished when he turned pro he's number eight in the world wow you know so that system really helped him to develop his golf a great school at ETSU. And then obviously the knock-on effect from that. And for golfers in Poland, it's like, okay, look, there you go. You know, um Adrian's done it. Mateusz Grudewski's done it. You have Alejandro Pedritz now who's doing it as well in college. So more and more kids now are starting to feel, well, actually, I can go to college and do this. And it's like, yeah. following the footsteps,
0: you need to,
1: yeah. You need, you need to work your ass off to do it. It's not so <laughs> yeah. um it's not a case of, yeah, go and take a lesson off Matthew Yeah, or just go over to
0: America school. and, you know.
1: Yeah, and there it goes. It's Pretty like, hard it's, work. It's hard. Hard work.
0: Is that still your advice to young guys then? Like, you know, that's a really good pathway for some people. I guess it depends where you're at in your career, isn't it? But
1: Yeah, you know, it's something I wish I'd always done. Yeah. I always did. I, I was never good enough to go. I was yeah. too, handicap was too high and I was too old at the time, so it was never going to happen. Um but yeah, I think I very much believe that you should have an education before you turn pro, because mm. um, you never know when it could end. Yeah. Um, so, education behind you um, gives you something to fall back on, which I think is important. Um, and you know, four years in America playing golf, getting a college degree—you know—it's like what a what an amazing four years that experience, be, yeah. So yeah. Great experience living in a different world and you know teaching you some life skills that you know mm. you, throw your cl- you throw your clothes on the floor in the in the night when you come in and you wake up in the morning go That's to college the and they get on the floor you know, it's, you know it's, your
0: mum's not there to look after you well,
1: your mum's not there to pick you up you know so, um, so you know it teaches you all those life skills which i think are important um, and um, yeah i think it's a really good if you have the opportunity to go um i think it's a it's a it's a really good thing for you to do and um i would support anybody to do it Uh, you know i wish i had did it i just wasn't good enough
0: and so are you still in touch much with any of the welsh boys you know like alex and guys like that
1: yeah i speak to alex probably once a month he's a great job in thailand running like a american college style thing in 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 bangkok um so he's the he's the director of instruction at that uh doing a great job um Got lots of really, really talented. So kids. many so good players
0: out in Thailand now, isn't it? And young guys coming yeah. through. And
1: yeah, and he he's doing a great job, uh, which is fantastic. I spoke to Reese at the Open, Reese Davis. Oh wow, uh, which was good. He's doing really well, which is fantastic. Um, so he's working for Mark Steinberg now, Tiger's yep. manager. Um, so he's doing a great job, which is fantastic. Um, apart from that. Um, not speaking to that many people, you know. I, you know, when I left Wales, as you know, yeah, it's like um, I wasn't really that much involved with Welsh golf anyway, so not many people kind of know who I. But the ones who I did know, I've kept. Good, yeah, cool. yeah, which no, is, you is, did
0: get. Um, I noticed that I was listening to the comment commentary, and I think Trish Johnson sort of name dropped. She mentioned you. She said, "Um, you know, was oh, Adrian, oh, um, you know, I know, I know his coach and." Named, I think, I think she thinks she's at Palling Kempf, which is obviously where you're from.
1: Yeah, I spoke to Trish, and uh, when I was there, was so of she's cool from is
0: home. she from Porthcawl or in that area? I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a she was a lady. Um, she was a junior member P and K.
0: Yep, and she's a great um, player, obviously.
1: Yeah. So she did all her her family from Call and things of like that. Um, um, so yeah, I spoke to Trish, which was good. She's friends with my brother and obviously Dylan, the head pro at P and K yeah um which is cool um so that was nice uh to catch up with them and um and yeah that's pretty much that's it. the ones who i do know i still keep in touch with which is kind of nice and uh they kind of ask me their stuff what do you think about live golf and all things like that so that's all that's the <laughs> financial thing at the moment
0: it's kind of a lot yeah you get sick of hearing about it right you're like um You yeah, you yeah. for what
1: Here's my take on the live golf. This is, what, this is what I think is going to happen, is that it's following the same model as the IPL. Oh, you did
0: Premier League, like cricket?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah. what's going to happen is, beginning of every year, there's going to be teams. So Strixon now are going to do a team. Adidas are going to do a team. AT&T are going to do oh, it. Oh,
0: really?
1: Uh, yeah, so I think um, what's going to yeah. happen at the beginning of every year, there'll be a draft. They'll bid, they'll bid for each player, and that'll be it. And there'll be 14
0: tournaments in Cup. Well, like if there's only 10 tournaments, like it just so what, well, really, I don't, I think oh, there's there, there room for a couple more, but you know, like that's only 10 times a year, right? So there are other 42 weeks. What are people going to watch and where are the players coming from? They've got to play on the challenge tour, you know, the corn fairy tour. They've got to play on, I don't know, the Alps tour, all of those tours around the world, the sunshine tour, um, and then go through to DP and PGA and, they're always still going to be there. Like in my mind, they, they're the backbone in that. And,
1: yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting um, to see how, how the DP world <laughs> and the EJ do this because they've not covered themselves in glory so far. Yeah, well, that's what I'm
0: worried about is is that, you know, what, what about the Ryder Cup now? You know, that's <laughs> like, I'm sure it'll be fine, but um, it's a bit worrying, isn't it, when your captain leaves. That's not a good start well, to the campaign. I think Henry
1: probably pretty smart there i think i think before he was rider cap captain he probably would not have Was he got 40 million or something isn't it it's like but as a scalp for greg norman oh, it's like we've just big money. A cup captain. it's like just getting that rider captains he probably added 30 million on top probably
0: yeah it's just uh, like monopoly money doing <laughs> it like it's just throwing yeah. it around and um yeah. i heard they're thinking about inviting the women as well aren't they did you hear anything about yeah, that
1: Oh yeah, that's the next thing that's coming up is they're gonna do have like a live ladies thing. Right. Um, which is gonna be interesting. Um so we'll see how that unfolds. Yeah. Um so um but the LPGA commissioner said that she'd be willing to sit down with them and talk about it. So so maybe I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens with that one. But you know, certainly the ladies' European tour, they need they they need the money, you know those girls are really, really good. And they're playing for peanuts unfortunately and compared
0: to the yeah on the men's side of it yeah the the money's much less isn't it unfortunately
1: Uh, it'd be great if the ladies european tour yeah and the access the ladies access tour which is like the challenge tour version um for the ladies i think yep you know most most of these girls are running on a loss most weeks and that's that's not fair that needs to be filtered down um a bit more, I think, than that because you know, these girls they're really really good, and it's like you know, I'd need I'd shots off them every bloody week, and I, I know yeah. that for a fact. Uh, and I'd want to play from the forward boxes as well. Um, you know, so they, they deserve to have a fair crack of the whip as well. Mm. Um, so if some of that money can get filtered into the ladies' game, I think, yeah, the that'd, be gang,
0: really,
1: yeah. yeah that'd be really cool as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like watching Lynn Grant win that Scandinavian mixed, um, that was really interesting. That was a good event. And uh,
1: she, didn't just, she didn't just win it, she flipping oh, smoked them. Smoked out. the men. She smoked <laughs> the men them. and the women. Yeah, like, and what, you know, Henrik she, included. She, yeah, she's um, she's been brilliant. You know, she's been a great amateur. Mm. Um was and that. And she, I don't care, you could have put the best players in the field that week, and she still would have smoked them. You know, she was so good. Mm. I was thinking I was watching it and go, Go on, go. you know, she is seriously good. I'm thinking, if I was playing her now match play, I'd want a shot or hold on. <laughs> and 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 then I've got to rip it as well. <laughs> well. She's a long hitter
0: and and a great ball striker and holes all oh, cuts as well. So and good and appreciate it. Was it, was it was...
1: Phenomenal, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. It was a, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch her play, I've got mm. to be honest, because she's so good
0: yeah no you're right i'm if i oh, i wouldn't have a problem with that yeah obviously putting more money into the game you that's what we need isn't it really
1: it's if some of that money can filter down into like yeah. the ladies game and then the juniors and all things like that that'd be a great thing i think
0: all right mate i better leave you get back to your rest and recuperation and uh always a pleasure to talk to you really interesting no, insightful
1: um hopefully um if some New Zealander pros are uh, watching, then maybe they'd like to invite me or James down to New Zealand, and we'll do some uh, come down, and do some short game schools down in New Zealand. Um, oh, definitely. Stuff. Uh, we're off. We're going back to Australia next year, which is cool. Yep. So, um, what's the golf course down there? Um,
0: but they're actually building there. a new course. So Tara Et, uh, they're building uh, another one right next to it, which is a bit more access. Still a great course, but. Because Tara ET is a little bit private. <laughs> and I haven't, oh. haven't, haven't found my way on there yet, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there's there's heaps of good courses here, mate. As yeah, golf golf's pretty strong in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, well, if somebody somebody's interested in hosting some short game scores down there or something like that, feel free to drop me a I'll line. I'll definitely you drop you take... a
0: line. Um, I think they've had a chat with Zach. I think Zach said uh, Dr. Golf has, you know, got down here and that. So that's that's really good. Cool. Alright mate, like take take care and uh, great to talk to you.
1: Thanks Jack, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Very best wishes. Brilliant. And-